everybody. Chuck Esposito, Jason McCormick, our buddy Teaser for uh, another segment of Bookends. We're going to dive right into it this week, guys. Uh, we'll get college football first. Now, there's so much uncertainty from week to week, but I wanted to chat about the Virginia-Virginia Tech game. Um, Vatek comes off a four-game losing streak. Last time they lost at home to Virginia was 1998. They were a very small favorite in this game, Jay. Yeah, talk about two teams that have really been heading in opposite directions over the last several weeks. Virginia's kind of caught fire with four straight wins, not something the Virginia team is uh, really used to. Virginia Tech on the other side of things, four straight losses, coming off the loss to Clemson. Um, Virginia Tech had actually won the last 15 matchups in this matchup uh, until last year. Virginia was finally able to uh, break the ice. I think it was a 33-30 to victory or 39-30 to victory. Uh, Virginia finally able to get a win. Um, I just think this is you know, one of those rivalry matchups, East Coast uh, matchup. I just think that this is a, an interesting game to see if Virginia Tech can kind of change their season and, and get a win here. Um, I think a win here potentially would put them um, with maybe somebody looking at them from a bowl standpoint. Right. Um, if Virginia Tech doesn't get the win here, um, I doubt that they'll get invited to a bowl. So, um, you know, but despite the fact that they've lost four straight games, uh, obviously Virginia coming to town, the rivalry that's there, um, a game that they, they can really get their season right and losing this game uh, – you know, would probably make this season a really, really bad season for them. Virginia, on the other hand, like we said, this team is flying high, four straight wins, not something the program is used to doing, and obviously ending with a win over Virginia Tech um, in back-to-back years after losing this contest 15 straight times um, would really be big for that program. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, it's a huge rivalry game. There, there's no question at all, um, and we'll see how it works out, them being a small favorite. Um, I'm going to jump to the Big Ten. Unfortunately, not the Big Ten game I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the Michigan-Ohio State game, but we know that game's been canceled, so a lot of question marks with Ohio State and would they qualify for the Big Ten championship. I think they've made some amendments to the rules there, and it looks like they're going to be able to. They're going to play, I think, Northwestern and have an opportunity to. Um, I'm going to look at um, Iowa and, and Wisconsin. I mean, you look at this game, and it's all about D with these two teams. We talk about so many college teams that just score at a, at a high clip and high totals, and you look at Wisconsin, who leads the nation in total D, they're just a dominant defensive team. Almost in every defensive category, they are number one. The problem is they don't score. Um, they've gone back-to-back games this year where they rushed for less than 160 yards. That hasn't happened since 2016. You think about the guys at the next level, if it's a, if it's a Ron Dane, a Jonathan Taylor, all these guys who have played in the NFL who came from that Wisconsin tree of running backs. That just hasn't been the case this year. They're a very small favorite against Iowa, but defense is going to reign supreme in this game. Yeah, and we talked about Wisconsin last week. We actually highlighted the fact that uh, Indiana was a live dog going to Wisconsin, that um, Wisconsin, that offense has really struggled uh, against Northwestern. Didn't think they would struggle as much as they did against Indiana, but Wisconsin just hasn't Especially had the Especially the backup quarterback in that play, game. Play a, they haven't played a lot of games. They, they Cohen got hurt um, in their kind of preseason. They've gone to the young man Mertz, um, who had a good good game out of the box, but really that offense has really struggled. Um, yeah, this, it, it becomes an interesting matchup. Iowa has been all over the map, uh, you know, hit or miss on their schedule, and, and like you said, this is a, a kind of a, a pick em game. Um, so it'll see see which team shows up, but Wisconsin uh, really has to right the ship on offense. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, you, you talk about, again, so many teams that score points. This game's going to be one of those defensive battles. I mean, you're going to be looking at a, a very low-scoring game. It'll be cold and just kind of anxious to see how uh, who ends up prevailing in this game. Very small 
small favorite. Whiskey's only played, I think, four games. They're two and two. So a very limited schedule so far, but the offense clearly hasn't got on track. I think you're going to jump out west now and look at uh, uh, a big rivalry. I mean, this is one of the best rivalries in college football. They've played for 90 years, the rivalry is, and that's uh, USC and UCLA. Yeah, uh, not talking about teams that have struggled on offense, two teams that have been putting up points uh, each and every week. UCLA with a big upset win uh, at Arizona State last week. Dorian Thompson Robinson made his return, uh, played a good game. Um, USC has actually won this game, I think, 16 of the last 19 times, um, including a big win last year, uh, 52-35. Um, that saw Slovis just throw the ball up and down the field. And USC um, comes off the kind of a short week, got to play a, a Sunday right. uh, afternoon matinee game um, where they absolutely destroyed Washington State. Um, USC comes into this game with the ability they win this. Um, they're going to be playing in that Pac-12 championship. I think it's against the Oregon-Washington winner. Um, so this is a big game for them, obviously, with the 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 rivalry that's there um, coming back. But, um, you know, one thing from a UCLA standpoint, um, their struggle, struggles have been uh, in turnovers from the standpoint of a uh, lot of bad turnovers that lead the other teams in the game. But UCLA this year, their defense has been really, really good. I think they're on three straight games where they're allowing two touchdowns or less. Um, so that's a, a kind of a USC high USC had note. two touchdowns in their first two drives last yeah, well, week. Well, like I said, they, they put a whooping on, right. on Washington State on that on that Sunday game. So I just think this is, becomes obviously a huge rivalry game. Two teams vastly familiar with each other. Um, UCLA, I think the last week was the first time they've won in December, obviously. Uh, one of the things when we look at uh, the college football schedule, normally we wouldn't be having um, pretty much any college football games this weekend as we sit on December 12th. Um, this would be a college basketball weekend and we'd be starting the bowl games next week. So with the COVID stuff we've pushed back. We actually um, the Army-Navy game is mixed in with all, all the rest of the conference games and so uh, we get a little bit of college football later in the year but uh, UCLA hadn't had a whole lot of December wins in their history so last week's win over Arizona State was a, a big win for the program and you just feel like they're they're getting there. Brian Kelly, Chip Kelly is finally getting this, uh, this offense going but Really, it's been on the defensive side of the football and see if they can slow down this USC high-powered offense. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to touch on the, uh, the Army-Navy game as well. I mean, it's such a rivalry, just the spirit of the game, um, the history, the competitiveness. Um, these two schools, when they get together, it's just an unbelievable atmosphere. Um, and you think about the fact that this is the first time since 1943 that Army is hosting the game. The game's at West Point, not on a neutral site. So you can only imagine the atmosphere there. I mean, you'll have the midshipmen on one side, the cadets on the other, but a game at West Point, first time since 1943, it's got to be cool. I mean, it's definitely, it'd be on my bucket list to attend a game like that. I love watching it. Even when it's a standalone game, the handle's great, but I think because of the history and tradition, you're still going to see a great handle on this game. Yeah, and hopefully Navy, you know, they haven't uh, played particularly well, and this is a game that uh, you kind of, we talk about throwing out the record. And, Absolutely, uh, the, but Ar- Army's been very, very good this year, and, and Navy, Navy struggle to lift. You got Army uh, touchdown favorite uh, in the game, but there's a lot of really good games on this on the schedule this week. You know, we we kind of highlight some of the rivalry right. games, but this this week is loaded up yep. with a lot of good. College I, I've football. got one more too. I think it's the North Carolina Miami game, big ACC game. Carolina comes into this game seven and three. Miami eight and one, with still some hopes of maybe uh, sneaking into that bowl championship picture. Um, it's a revenge game for Miami, who got beat last year. 
uh, 28-25 to Carolina. Uh, they're, they're on a six, they're looking for their sixth straight win, and they're four and zero at home, and they're a small favorite in that game. So I think that's one of the the key matchups for the week as well. Yeah, and we jumped ahead. You know, one of the things that we looked at this week is the big matchups that we already have next week. So right. um, the Big 12 championship, the ACC championship, the SEC championship. We actually already put those games up. So Oklahoma, Iowa State, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Alabama, Florida. Uh, go ahead and click on the app all the way down at the bottom of the college football. You'll find those games for December 19th uh, if you want to get an early look at those championship games. Yeah, we've been putting a lot of stuff up earlier like that throughout the course of the year. So, guys, always keep an eye on that because we're trying to kind of feature some of those big matchups coming up. Uh, I think we've done some college football work now. We're going to jump to pro football and, and look at this week. And there are some good games on the schedule this week. We're going to talk about first the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins. I know you want to look at that game. I mean, it's a surprising Miami Dolphins. I mean, they're a playoff team right now. It doesn't matter if it's Fitz or Tua. That defense has been lights out. Kansas City, they're on the road. They're a touchdown favorite. They've got the Saints coming up the following week. But I think interesting here now, the Steelers lose. They're 11-1. Kansas City's 11-1. Pittsburgh is still the number one seed in the AFC. But, man, Kansas City is right there. This is a big road test for them, knowing they've got the Saints coming up the following week. Yeah, we've seen Kansas City just continue to put up points. We started with the, you know, that Buccaneer game where uh, uh, Tariq Hill had the, the huge first half. And they, on offense, have everything going for them. And it's scared to, uh, you're scared to almost bet against them, knowing Mahomes and Kelsey. And they can essentially do whatever they want. But they've actually, their last four games... They haven't won a game by more than six points. They just come off beating the Broncos by six. There are three games before that. I think they beat Carolina by two, Tampa by three, and had... I had another maybe it was the Raiders uh, a win by three so they haven't particularly blown anybody out um, now they're a seven point favorite at Miami and they struggled um, on a Sunday night or against the uh, against the Broncos right. they were in the Six red zone a number, number of times and, and yep. couldn't punch it in you know and Miami has been kind of a darling team that uh, has kind of gotten everybody looking at them I, I, you know I'm, I'm not sold on them yet we're talking about a team that you know in the last several weeks has beat the Jets twice beat Cincinnati without a quarterback um, got a bunch of turnovers against the Rams uh, they they went and lost to Denver at Denver. So I'm not a 1,000% sold on Miami yet. If they can come out and play really good football here and potentially beat this Chiefs team, uh, then I then I put them in that picture. But I still think this is a, a matchup that uh, the Chiefs can kind of really dictate the pace. Um, the, this secondary for the Dolphins has not seen uh, anything like no, they're going to see right. this week. Um, and you mentioned one of the big, big, uh, we'll call it handicapping tips this week um, if you like the Dolphins. And one reason to really like the Dolphins is that the Chiefs play the the Saints next week. So if there's any type of look ahead, and we've talked about the the Saints and the Chiefs um, right now, I think that would be a Super Bowl preview. Um, if there's a look ahead spot, the Chiefs are in a classic look ahead spot this week. Um, looking forward to the to the Saints. Um, so maybe they overlook the Dolphins, but I think with the the struggles that they had in the red zone against Denver last week, I think that the Chiefs have a big effort here. Yeah, I think you talked about the easy schedule that Miami's had of late. It gets a lot tougher, not just this week, but they travel to come out here to Vegas next week uh, to play. Play the Raiders. So Raiders have a couple of big games as well, but kind of interesting kind of quirking the schedule right now that that easy schedule gets a lot tougher down the stretch for the Dolphins. I'm going to look at a, a big game between two wildcard teams in the NFC, and that's the Buccaneers and the Vikings. Uh, Vikings now, I think they've won five in a row, or in five of their last six. They're on a two-game winning streak. The Bucs have been a little bit of a disappointment, though. They're 7-5. and 
five um, back-to-back losses. They're just a, a wild card team. You know, they they need to kind of right the ship a, a little bit. But you know, they're coming off their bye. Brady has not played well. Arians has been critical of his play. It looks like they're starting to get healthy. Godwin had the, the ten pins removed. He should be a little bit better. I've got an interesting trend here with these two teams. You look at the Vikings. They are seventeen five and one. Their last twenty three games over and under Bruce Arians. The Saints, or excuse me, the Bucks are nineteen and nine over. So we talked about in college a game that could be a dead under. There could be a lot of scoring in this game because trends are that these two teams are historically now on a huge over streak. Well, for the Vikings, the last two weeks haven't looked particularly good. They kind of snuck by home wins both over the Panthers um, and the Jaguars, two teams that you would expect them to uh, kind of be able to beat up on. Um, Dalvin Cook has been all-world, absolutely incredible. Um, you kind of want Cousins to just manage the game for you, right. not commit those turnovers. He had to play uh, the week against um, Carolina without uh, Adam Thielen, um, so they did it with some other weapons in Jefferson and Rudolph um, and a little bit more of out of the backfield. Thielen comes back this this past week against Jacksonville, and I know he scores a, another touchdown. Um, so they have the offensive weapons. Uh, again, with the turnovers, is really what you have to stop uh, Kirk Cousins from from doing, getting sacked and turning over, and they should be able to stay in the game. I just think that this is a spot you talked about. Uh, even the Buccaneers talked about having their bye week in week 13 and that they were a little bit worn down and looking forward to that bye week. So I think that bye week uh, probably does best for a team that has a quarterback in his 40s. So I think that if uh, we're expecting to see a good Tom Brady, this would be a week where we see a good Tom Brady. And that secondary for the Vikings is a young secondary that's uh, struggled to tackle here and there um, and now have to be able to cover all those weapons um, in Brown and Evans and Godwin and Gonkowski uh, coming at them. So this this could be a really good spot for the Bucks. Yeah, you would hope so. I think they need to kind of get on a little bit of a roll before the postseason. It's obvious they're probably not going to catch the Saints right now just based on tiebreakers as well, even if the Saints lost a few. They'd still have the edge. So I think it's a huge game for Tampa uh, coming out of their bye. Um, now we're going to look at an NFC game between those Saints. The Saints are on a nine-game winning streak. They're playing the Eagles, who are on a four-game losing streak. They're making a change at quarterback. It's Jalen Hurts right now. And uh, as we've talked about, maybe a little bit of a look-ahead game for the Saints as well. Yeah, I mean, if you want to start there... Um I think it, one of the only ways you can like the Eagles in this game is that you're thinking that the Saints are are looking ahead to that matchup with the Chiefs next week. Um, obviously, the Eagles go ahead and make the change at quarterback, much like the Saints were forced to do um, three weeks ago. We're going to see Hurts instead of Wentz. Um, he came in the game late last week against the Packers. Um, obviously, some more energy on that offensive side of the ball. Uh, they were able to move it down, doing a little bit more um, read option with, with uh, Hurts out of that backfield, but definitely brought some excitement to that Eagles. Eagle offense um, that's just been stagnant with Wentz in there. Um, he's had uh, Carson Wentz, that is. It's just had a terrible, terrible season. Um, been sacked more than anybody else in the NFL. Has more interceptions than anybody in the NFL. But that can't all be on Carson Wentz. There's a problem here with Eagles haven't been healthy in their their uh, receiving core. They haven't had um, all their receivers there. Their offensive line has been in shambles all season long. And so um, Jalen Hurts is not going to overcome those things. He still has the same re- right. receivers, the same uh, poor offensive line going up against this Saints defense that's been absolutely dominant over the last five weeks or so. Uh, played really, really well against uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks. I think they picked him, they picked him off three three times. Uh, they've embarrassed Matt Ryan twice over the last uh, three weeks, and obviously uh, kind of got the gift in traveling to Denver without a quarterback. But this is a Saints offense or a Saints defense that's really, really good, and the offense is doing nothing but get better each and every week. 
under Hill. Um, he's learning. He finally threw his first touchdown passes last week. Uh, they're able to run the ball. They're able to pass the ball. There's a reason why they're the NFC favorite right now to make the Super Bowl. Um, this they, they really could dictate this game in any way they want to. Um, Eagles defense hasn't been able to stop the run. It could be we could see Kamara and Murray and, and whatever the Saints right. want to do. Um, it's just a matter of slow down a little bit and know that the Saints are going to be playing the Chiefs next week and there should be an elevated excitement level for the Eagles to try and play well under Hurts and play a good game but I just don't know that they have enough tools in the bag. Yeah, I think when you look at the Saints it's been somewhat of a blessing a little bit. You never want to see a player get hurt but Sean Payton has always said that Hill is his guy that he thinks he's an NFL caliber quarterback and they came out today and he said hey if we don't have Drew Brees next year if he chooses to retire Hill's our guy. So, I mean, even though they went out and signed Jameis Winston in the offseason, he's just been holding a clipboard. I mean, you look at Hill and his running game, he adds that extra dimension that, that a Mahomes has or a Russell Wilson or Lamar Jackson. Just if he can become that pocket passer a little bit, I think, you know, Sean Payton clearly believes in him. And it's interesting with Jalen Hurts because you talked about the Saints had to make that quarterback change, but they had to make it because Breeze was hurt. The Eagles are making this change, but they just signed before the season Carson Wentz to a four-year $158 million deal that doesn't kick in until next year. So if Hertz comes in and say they run the table at the end of the season, they really have a major dilemma because you can't even cut Carson Wentz after the season. I think it's a $60 million close to in dead money cap hit. Even if they trade him, it's a huge cap hit. So they've got a major problem if Hertz comes in and plays well, although you want him to play well. Yeah, this is this was a difficult decision, I'm sure, for Peterson. I mean, he, he's in a no-win situation. The no. Eagles, you know, they, they do have a chance in the NFC East with the fact that that division has been so poor. Um, they still can catch the Giants um, and and the offense is just going nowhere week after week after week under Wentz. But again, I don't think it's a Carson Wentz issue. No, I, I think it's an offensive issue. It's a play calling issue and it's just a, a natural health and number of players issue. Uh, they just, like I said, they don't Although have the tools in the shed. He hasn't looked as good though, Wentz. I mean, as he as he did a couple of years ago well, before you start, that injury. You start to get gunshot. You start He's to definitely get a little lost sta- some confidence. When, when, right. you, when you take a beating each and every week and have all that that pressure in your face all the time and and your offense is going nowhere so now he has to try and make things happen on his own he's got to try and force balls in, into areas and that's when mistakes happen and so you know I think and and uh, I think I read that Aaron Rodgers um, even thinks that you know Carson Wentz can be a quarterback in this right. league um, and, and is going to be a good quarterback in this league it's just that unfortunately the the Eagles offense has been a mess all season you, you mentioned it I mean Goddard's been hurt Ertz has been hurt for a long time young receivers in Rigor and and Fulgham so they really haven't had their weapons there Miles Sanders has been in and yep. out of the lineup I yep. mean there, there's been, really just been no continuity to this Eagles offense I'm going to jump to the AFC now, and it's the Indianapolis Colts who travel here to Vegas to play the Las Vegas Raiders. This is a big game for the Raiders. I mean, they're seven and five right now. Uh, they had the the miracle win against the Jets. We know we know what happened there with the all out blitz and and rugs. You could see that play from 20 yards away that he was looking up before they even showed the ball that you knew it was going to be a touchdown. But it's a big game for the Raiders. The Raiders have three straight home games now, um, and two of those games are teams they're chasing in the wild card spot, and that's the Colts and the, the Dolphins. So they have to win at least one of the two. 
two, if not both. They've got games against the Broncos and Chargers as well, but three straight home games. But ironically for the Raiders, they've been a much better road team than they have a home in a home team. They're five and two on the road. Uh, they're only two and three at home, but they've had a much more difficult home schedule. Uh, they're a home dog again. They've only been the favorite once at home this year, and that was against Denver. Every other game they've played against the Bucks, the Saints, the Chiefs, the Bills. They've had a really tough home schedule. So this is a game I think the Raiders really look to maybe get healthy and, and come away with a win, which would bode well for them in the playoffs. But since 2016, they are 9-16-3 and during the second half of the season. So they really need to right the ship. Last year they went 1-5. and This year they've had the struggle. They lost at Atlanta, came back and won against the Jets, but easily could have lost that game. It's a huge game for the Raiders. Yeah, and that's why the Colts are, are that road favorite. You talked about the, the loss in Atlanta and then kind of struggling against the, the winless Jets. Um, Colts come in. Um, Rivers has been playing much better. Um, you got the resurgence of T.Y. Hilton, um, who gives them a, a dangerous receiver on that back end to go in with those running backs of Taylor and Hines and Wilkins, um, and their defense has really been what's ca- been their catalyst all year long. That Colts defense is very, very good, um, and they've got Leonard and some of the stuff right. pieces back that they've been missing. And this is this is a quasi playoff game for both of these teams. I mean, this is this is going to be a, a large game in determining who makes the playoffs and who doesn't make the playoffs. Um, obviously, with the Titans' big loss to um, the Browns last week and the Colts uh, being able to beat the Texans, uh, the Colts have put themselves in a better situation. But this is a big, big game, um, and that's why you see them being the road favorite, I think, really because of the Raiders, Raiders' struggles over the last two weeks. Yeah, it's a huge game for the Raiders. I think they really have to win, uh, as I mentioned, one of those two games against the Colts or Dolphins to have a chance at that wild card. Um, the Dolphins play uh, Kansas City this week, so they might get uh, the Dolphins to lose there. Cleveland plays on Monday night, and uh, they're a small dog to Baltimore. So some of the teams they're chasing. Yeah, the the, the schedule, I believe there's 10 home dogs this week on the schedule, which I don't ever remember an yeah. NFL schedule doing. And I think a lot of that has to do, again, with the COVID and the lack of fans. Um, and Obviously, if that road team can come in, isn't, isn't right. playing in those crazy home environments as we sit here in, in mid-December. Right. So, uh, But yeah, when I was looking at the schedule, the, the number of home dogs, I, I, I don't know that I've ever seen an NFL schedule. Teaser's with as happy. Many, I mean, as many home dogs. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be needing, we'll be <laughs> right. needing plenty of them. Right. We're going to look at the two primetime games now, guys. And, and the first one, I think, is probably the, the marquee game of the week. And that's uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo looked so good this past week um, in prime time against the 49ers. Josh Allen, four touchdowns. He's definitely in the MVP race right now, maybe even ahead of Russell Wilson. Kind of interesting fact for the Steelers, though, this is their third game in 12 days. Maybe it showed a little bit against uh, Washington when they played on Monday, the Washington football team. But uh, Buffalo comes into this game a small favorite. A week ago, Steelers were the favorite, but again, three games in 12 days. Yeah, and and the Steelers have made it known and they've kind of been right. a little bit uh, c- kind of crying about it that they're playing the, the three games in 12 days so uh, they've been frustrated by the NFL schedule makers and the things that they've had to do uh, due to these changing circumstances of COVID um, obviously uh, you know coming off the loss to uh, Washington didn't have all the pieces of the puzzle as they, they didn't have James Conner in that game and it really showed on the offensive side of the ball where I think uh, Roethlisberger dropped back to pass 53 times um, in that game and that's not uh, Pittsburgh Steeler football they want to be able to run the ball um, and set up the uh, set up the pass, and they've got a, a plethora of those weapons on the outside. You never know who they're going to go to, whether it's Schuster or Johnson or Claypool or Ebron. So Washington, um, yeah. yeah, he's he's got all the weapons in the world, um, and and I expect 
um, that this could be a good spot for them. Washington uh, or uh, Buffalo does have a, a very good secondary, um, good pass rush, but they are going to get James Conner back. Um, they were a one-point favorite in this game until the, the loss to Washington and then uh, subsequently Buffalo looking good against the Niners, and now the Bills have moved to a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, so we'll see if that kind of loss uh, you know, shakes the Steelers back up and gets them playing. But again, they haven't played particularly dominant football. They've squeaked by. Uh, I think uh, you know anybody that's not right. a Steeler fan will, will tell Steelers fans you know you were 11 and 0 because you continued to play uh, <laughs> the Bengals and 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 all these bad teams. Uh, but like I said, you can only play the teams that are in front of you. Uh, coming off the 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 loss to Washington's not good, but uh, traveling up to Buffalo uh, for Buffalo on a prime time game where we saw um, they were the they were the last team to win a Monday night football game. Uh, you know whatever this century. Right. That's great. Everyone great had won, won a Monday right. night game, and now um, we get the Sunday night game, and obviously. This gives the Bills a chance to shine. They've looked really, really good. Um, so, you know, I think this is a, a really good game, but I think it's important that the Steelers get that running uh, game back, and I think that could be the difference in the game. Yeah, Connor's a big piece of that, and you're right about Buffalo. I mean, they're they're fun to watch. They're getting a little bit healthier on defense. Milano was back. I think you, you look at Buffalo, though, it's a really big game to them, too, because they're only a game ahead of the Dolphins. Uh, they're a 9-3. and three. Dolphins are 8-4, and four, and they still play each other before the season's over, so they can't really afford to stumble. Yeah, and I think both the Dolphins and the Bills, they're not in a spot that they're used to being, and I still think that they're still think they're looking over the shoulder at where are those New England Patriots. They're six and six, and they're they're making it interesting. Yep. I mean, they came off a huge win. I mean, they dominated the LA Chargers. I mean, winning forty five nothing on the road, pretty impressive against a young quarterback in, in Justin Herbert, who really lit up almost every team this year. I'm going to finish it off, guys, though, with the other primetime game, and that's the Monday Night Football game. That is a huge. AFC North rivalry battle rematch, and that's the Cleveland Browns who are at home against the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens have struggled, guys. I mean, they're on the outside looking in right now. They're not even a playoff team. They're number nine. I think a month or so ago, we were talking about them arguably being the the best team in the AFC or one of the top three teams. Um, They've kind of dominated Cleveland of late. They've covered seven of the last ten matchups. Uh, They beat Cleveland week one this year, uh, 29-25 at home or 29-24, but it's a big game for both these teams. But I I think a much bigger game for Baltimore because of where they sit. You look at Cleveland at nine and three; they're in a great spot to be a wild card team. They could be maybe the the number one wild card team right now. Baltimore is just hoping to make the playoffs. They're getting a little bit healthier, but I think the reason we're seeing them as a road favorite is because they basically have to win out, and Cleveland doesn't. So I think that's why you're seeing the Ravens a small favorite. In this yeah, game. this is this is their you know the start of their playoffs. You talk about you know when you get to the end of the baseball season or the end of the hockey season. And the teams that are in those seven and eight holes trying to make the playoffs, they've got to make that playoff run and their playoffs start two weeks before the season. And so they get, you know, that that every day, this is our last chance feeling. And that's where the Ravens are at right now. Um, and they have confidence against the Browns. Lamar Jackson has played really, really well. The Browns well. did beat them last year, though, in Baltimore. But he still had decent right. games. Yep. Um, uh, but right now, the Browns have all the confidence in the world, too. Coming off a road win at Tennessee, um, you know, is, is a big uh, win for them. Mayfield played real well. Four touchdowns. You know, the They've got, they're they're getting their guys back. They were missing from COVID. The Ravens are expected to get some of their guys back. Mark Andrews will be the big piece um, to see if he returns there. Um, Hollywood Brown um, is finally.
finally been getting in the end zone again for the Ravens, um, adding some additional pieces there. Uh, obviously, when they didn't have Ingram and Dobbins, so all those guys are expected back, and I, I think this is going to be a treat on Monday night. Uh, this is one of those ones where make sure you get the uh, get the app and, and get down on this game. I think the in play will be fun on this game, and uh, we'll have lots of bro- uh, lots of props up on the game as well. I think both primetime games. I mean, they're huge, you know, matchups both in the AFC and NFC. I think they're fun to watch, or both in the AFC. Uh, they're going to be interesting matchups, both really low point spreads. So I think it's going to be fun. I mean, this is, as you mentioned, you know, 10 home dogs this week. It's getting down to the end of it. We know everybody's so busy, too, with honey to-do lists and stuff going on with the holidays. Get the mobile app. We still have the up to $100 bonus going on. Come in, download the app, come in, get signed up, place your bets. We're reliable, we're dependable. We've been around for a long time. Station Casinos, that's STN Mobile. Guys, come on in and get signed up. It's really, really a good thing to have. No, I'm looking forward to another great week. Um, we've got the NBA preseason right. uh, that will start uh, putting up on the board here. The college basketball season's been great. Uh, but, yeah, those NBA fans, make sure you're getting uh, back in the swing of things as we'll see uh, some basketball uh, start to tip off. Guys, Jason... Teaser, Chucky, but we're not done. We're going to be back with a special guest uh, from our last man standing contest. We'll be right back, gang. We're back, and I'm here with the 2020 last man standing pro football handicapping contest from Station Casinos. Amber, first, I want to congratulate you from everybody at Station Casinos, especially our race and sportsbook team, for a job well done. There was 3,211 contestants in it, and you're the winner. Congratulations for doing an outstanding Thank job so in last much. man standing. That's awesome. So tell me, uh, any strategy or what's kind of your, your secret recipe for being so successful? Well, uh, a strategy I look for is a good spot for the dog. And how I determine it's a good spot for him is I look at the NFL is not being too much disparity, such as college. Right. So much disparity, I would never touch that sport. So I looked. So at we it. don't have to worry about you being in the college football last no, man standing never. next week. Right? Okay, there'll be a lot of contestants who will be happy about that. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll never do the college. I like the pros, Good. NFL and NBA. Not as much disparity. When when you look at the the contest card that we put out, it comes mm-hmm. out on Wednesday, and there's been line movement between Wednesday and when the games kick off on the weekend. Does that influence you at all? Do you look at something and say, well, the contest card might have eight and a half, and now it's six and a half? Or if you like somebody from the beginning, is, is that pretty much it? If I like somebody from the beginning and I like them to win, I look at like four different factors. Does the total put my dog in the game? Does it look like they're going to go back and forth and keep it close? And then I look to make sure, usually in the contest, you're getting a hook on each game. I still I still pick it where I like the dog to win. Right. But the hook is val- valuable. The hook is. The hook is. Uh, I mean, if... Um, if they don't win the game, the hook saves your life. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, it's a. Uh, um, what about as far as um, anything special uh, you're going to do with uh, with your winnings? Um, yeah, actually, I'm going. I'm. Um, I started a website. I am working on it. It's already all set to go. I just have to set up the merchant account, things of that nature. Good. And. Um, I look forward to helping other people. That's awesome. That That's really a tremendous thing, especially now. With I know you said your birthday is this month, and, and Christmas is right around the corner. So so that's uh, really, really cool. Was there any um, close calls this year? 
Yeah. Yeah. I swept the Cardinals Seattle game. Okay. Good. I swept that game. I thought Russell Wilson was going to get me. <laughs> uh, you know, because he usually does get you late, but he was up, which I felt good about because I was like, now he's not going to come back and get me. I just have to get him. Right. And Kyler Murray did it. Yep, he did. How many um, years have you been in the contest? Um, I uh, did it uh, last year. Okay. Uh, made it down to about seven people. That's still a, a really a good feat, to, you know, right. to be in the, in the final ten. Right, and there was more people. Right. But I have real good advice to people. Never change your mind. That's great. And I'll tell you, uh, I changed my mind in that contest. I liked Baltimore to go beat Seattle at Seattle, and they did. It was a beating. And I went with uh, the Raiders against the Packers, and I got the beating. So I should have never changed my mind. Doesn't mean I would have won last year, but it means I would have still been live and had a shot. Right, right. So what I say is never change your mind. That, that That's really interesting. That's uh, really interesting. Oh, I was going to ask you, you know, if you had, uh, you know, one thing of advice to give anybody um, before I get to the final question. Was, is that what it would be? Just never change your mind? Never change your mind on a pick. Okay. Never change your mind. Okay. And, and I think I'd be mad at myself, and I think everybody who watches this would be really mad if I didn't ask you this last and final question. So if the contest was still going and we were in week 14 right now and you were still in it, who would your pick be this week? Well, you know, I love it that you ask because maybe I can help people. Maybe it'll <laughs> maybe. come through again. Right. Uh, last week they asked me the same question at the Wild West. I told them Giants. Giants went to they Seattle. They went outright won. against Seattle, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So let's see if I can do it again. Okay. Uh, I like Philly. I like Philly? the Eagles. Against the Saints. Mm-hmm. Yep. I do. And the reason why I say that is it's, uh, it's time to shine. Right. It's time to shine. And... Do you expect a lot out of their rookie quarterback, Jalen Hurts, in that uh-huh. game? Uh-huh. I just think it's time to shine. Okay. I like rookie quarterbacks when I see a situation as far as the Saints off eight wins. Right. Okay. Off eight wins, I look at the number, and I think with a rookie, it should be higher. So that puts me liking the Eagles. And I actually think they have a shot to win. So you guys have heard it first here. It's the Eagles. I think as soon as we're done here, I'm going to run back to the book, call Jason, and see if we can lower that line based on that advice. Because, uh, But that that's really cool. That, uh, that but but like I do week. think in the contest, I know the line would be seven and a half right. because it opened at right. seven and I would get the hook. So anybody going to take that game, bye the half okay or by a full point well you guys heard it here first right you guys heard it here first again i i can't thank you enough for uh for coming in and joining our uh, our segment podcast or uh bookends excuse me it's uh it's so much fun for us to have you here and congratulations again it's a tremendous feat over you know 3211 contestants the 2020 last man standing pro football champion amber congratulations again happy holidays to you and your family and uh, it's great having you here thank you again Remember, it's the Eagles this week, guys. Uh huh. And again. pleasure's all mine. And can, can I mention my website for sure, the future? Sure, absolutely. Okay. Um, I, I look forward to meeting y'all and look for bet the number two collect.com.
Great. And I'll be happy to help. All right, great. Congratulations again. Have a great week and holiday. Thank you so much again for joining us here on Bookends. The pleasure's all mine. Thank you. Hey, gang, we're back. We just finished the interview with uh, Amber, who won the 2020 Pro Football Last Man Standing Contest. What a great interview. I mean, how enthusiastic she is. It, she clearly follows it, has fun with it, gave out, gave out some great advice. But it's football, Jay. Well, it's we'll basketball. See, Get we'll see up. if she can stay hot uh, with her Eagles selection <laughs> yeah, this right. week. Uh, it's a game that you know we talked about and highlighted that uh, obviously some renewed energy there in Philadelphia with Hurts taking over. So we'll see if uh, she can put another winner out there and extend the last man standing and go 14 straight weeks with wins. Yeah, last week she said she, she liked the Giants. They won outright, even though the contest was over. This week, as you mentioned, she likes the Eagles. And she's going to be back. She's going to be back for the, the postseason and maybe that big uh, game on the first Sunday in February to give us some advice so it's always great it was fun having amber here jason chucky teaser thanks guys we'll see you next week on another segment of bookends